You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today we got a lot of news going on around the NFL, and I'll be completely honest, there's a lot more going on with this CBA than, um, than I know. whole lot of information, about half of it makes some sense, but uh, there was just an absolute barrage of, oh, and by the way, there's also this. Oh, and by the way, there's also this. Oh, yeah, and then there's this. So you know what? You know what? I'm going to go to bed. I think that's enough notes for today. Considering this hasn't even been voted on by the players yet, I'm probably not going to study this. Plus, not a big fan of school. Never studied for years in school. Not going to start now. I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and get a B- minus on the podcast. So that's what we're striving for today, folks. Packernet Podcast, where I work just hard enough for that B-. minus. But there is quite a bit going on outside of the CBA. Although free agency hasn't officially started, that's in about a month. There's still a lot of gearing up going on, so we'll kind of start talking about that. I'm assuming, although I say this all the time, that this is not going to take up all of our time. And so we'll say that uh, that'll be about half the show, and the other half will be something else. So if, if all that sounds good to you, that very vague description of what we're talking about today, then come on along for the ride. But before we go on, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you'd like to support the show, there's three ways you can do that. Leave a rating and review. Five star if you want to be helpful. One star if you want to get kicked. Like, real good. The second way would be to just talk about the Packernet Podcast, man. I know you got friends and family Jones and for the Packers, and you're just hoarding all of this. They don't even know Packers podcasts exist. They're on YouTube watching highlight videos of the last Super Bowl, calling you up and telling you about it. Like, dude, you remember that play? And you're like, I don't care. Stop ruining my memories by calling me every day. Dude, just give them a podcast. They'll stop talking to you. I promise. If you need help not talking to your best friends, I am the man to talk to. I'm great at not talking. Isn't that right, Blaine? And then lastly, if you're one of those super rich people, perhaps you can help support the podcast monetarily. At patreon.com slash pack underscore daddy. You can help support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you very much to Greg for jumping on board. We are up to 93 patrons. I think we're going to do it. We've only got like a week left. But we need seven more people that can spare a dollar. A dollar. Don't act like some of you didn't just get a tax return. Let's just just hear me out now. Because I know there's, there's... There's... two kinds of people when it comes to tax returns and only two there's people that get a few thousand bucks and go crazy and spend it all and then there's those people who get a few thousand bucks and they instantly transfer it to a savings account lock it away and pretend they never saw it just hear me out man peel off 12 bucks and slow drip that bad boy to me for a year because you know that you just binged at McDonald's yesterday for 12 bucks. Because you just decided, you know what, I want chicken nuggets. I do that sometimes. You know what, I deserve this. 
because I half-heartedly put in eight hours today at work, and I have done that for several days in a row, and I deserve a treat, and I will get chicken nuggets. And just like that, $12 in chicken nuggets. I'm just, just saying think about it, all right? Really want to get to 100 patrons. We're probably going to do the same giveaway either way because I don't have a contingency plan. Kind of did the whole Cortez burn the ships thing, but I believe in you anyways. We're going to do this. 100 patrons. Anyways, enough rambling. Let's take a break. By the way, I don't I don't know if you can ever hear that in the background, but if there's some weird noise and you're like, what is that? Just, I'm sorry. I've got the DeLorean in my basement, all right? Trying to time travel and make some different decisions. Leave me alone. We'll be right back. This spring, technically meaning like right now, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for the Cactus League spring training. Escape this foul weather, head on down to Arizona. It's absolutely beautiful there right now. Not just the landscapes and scenery, I'm talking about some amazing weather. Head on down there, check out this Cactus League spring training where we have 15 teams all converging on 10 baseball stadiums within 50 miles of the Phoenix, Arizona area. You're going to have the ability to travel to all these different stadiums, get a bunch of different autographs, really just take in as much baseball as you could possibly handle. And in the meantime, you're in Phoenix, you get to travel around, see some of their great restaurants, some live music, local and national artists, they've got museums. If you're looking for a little more rough and rugged, they've got some great outdoor adventures, hiking, biking, Jeep tours. Or if you want to just bring the kids, go watch a little baseball, maybe just you and one or two of the kids that wants to do that while mom hangs out at, you know, wherever else with the other kids who are like, nah, I just want to swim at this hotel. And you're like, cool, man, less work for me to do. Also less money, so I thank you for your donation for an additional hot dog. Whatever it is you want to do, you need to hurry up and make that decision. So go right now to plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. And I know what some of you are thinking, I can't do it. Like the grandma from Happy Gilmore, maybe your fingers hurt. Well, that's why I've been trying to tell you about Omax Health. Because if you're looking to get rid of that nagging muscle and joint pain right now while providing long-lasting recovery, you got to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This is a non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, which is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Best of all, this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes and can last up to 8 hours, which is way longer than whatever it is you're using right now. So if you're ready to get this pain completely out of your life, Omax Health right now is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies toward any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter code OVERTIME to get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything they've got site-wide. All right, so let's look at some... So here's kind of the thing. Right now, teams are doing a lot of stuff. They're making some moves. Some of the things they already know, look, we're going to do this. They've got to make some adjustments. They've got to start narrowing down their options. And and although there's still a lot of variables, they've got to start making moves and positioning themselves. We've already seen several cuts. Several teams have gone through entire rounds of cuts, right? You're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. But there's still teams trying to make moves because... You know, you got to do stuff. One of the things that was done yesterday was expected, but is now official. 
Uh, tight end Jordan Reed, longtime Washington Redskins tight end, was cut. The The bottom line with Jordan Reed is he is very much like a lot of tight ends who is extremely talented but never healthy. There's a lot of tight ends that, that fit this description. It is an absolutely brutal profession. And so I know Ryan had asked me and, and some other people had asked the question, what about Jordan Reed? If this was prime Jordan Reed with no injury concerns whatsoever, this would be the biggest no-brainer ever. Let me just read this off to you. Since 2013, here's the injuries he's had and how many games missed. Quadriceps strain in week 3 of 2013. is on the injury report but didn't actually miss time. Hip contusion. Injury report didn't miss any game. Later, so this is the same year. This is just 2013. He ended up getting a concussion and missing six games. In 2014, had a thumb sprain, then had a hamstring sprain and missed four games. Had another hamstring sprain later in the season, missed another game. In 2015, had a quadriceps strain. Later again, had another concussion, missed two games. Then later on, had a shoulder contusion, showed up on the injury report, didn't miss any time. 2016, ankle sprain, thumb contusion, another concussion. Three concussions in four years, missed another two games. Had a shoulder strain, missed another two games later in the season. Okay, what about 2017? A rib contusion, missed a game. Hamstring tear, missed eight games. So he's had several injuries with his hamstrings. In 2018, had a toe sprain, only missed three games. That was the healthiest he's been ever. And then in 2019, had his what? Now fourth concussion and missed 16 games. The guy has had four concussions. The last one knocked him out for the whole year. I'm not sure anybody wants to touch him at this point. When you've had four concussions and the last one knocked you out for a season... I just, I don't know, and you've had several hamstring things. These are a lot of very re-injurable things. That's a big problem. Beyond that, he's nearly 30 years old. The other side of this would be there's still some reason to believe that he's a decent enough player. So I'm all the way out on this. I have really no interest in this. As much as I've been an admirer of Jordan Reed for a long time, and he's been one of those guys, the fact of the matter is this is a guy that just based on his injuries shouldn't be touched. But beyond that, there's good reason to believe that this is going to be another Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis situation. He's a guy that's 30 years old. He's on the downswing of his career. He missed the entire year last year. And even if you get some kind of a freakish thing where he doesn't miss games for the first time literally ever, ever in his career, because 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, he missed time. 2019, he didn't even play. He's missed about as much time as he's actually played. But even if you get lightning to strike and he doesn't miss hardly any time, if any at all, is he actually going to be that good? Because the last time he put up an absolute freakish kind of performance or, or season was about 2016. 2018 wasn't bad, but again, there's so much risk here. I would need to have seen 2018 he was a freak, and he just wasn't. So you got a guy that hasn't been elite since 2016, injured every year, missed the entire year last year, has had four concussions, and is now 30 years old. I just can't fathom, other than the Packers being just complete sycophants when it comes to paying over-the-hill uh, over tight ends, hoping that somehow they're going to be talented. I just can't see any situation in which any team would want to bring him on. Unless his, his bottom line, unless his pay is just rock bottom. I mean, if he's a $2 million tight end, he's going to get a job. There's no question about it. I can't imagine paying 8 to $10 million for him, though. I don't know what his, his value is going to be. I know in 2019, the year in which he didn't play, um, his salary was $7.6 million. In 2018, it was $8.2 million. 
Again, that was the old agreement agreed upon back when he was seen as just a freakish tight end, because he is. And it was a risk because there were injury issues and everything else. But now that people have seen the extent of these injuries and haven't really seen this great play in a pretty long time, I don't know. I, I, bottom line for me, I just I can't do it. I understand the potential, and I understand getting excited. Same with the A-B situation and the, the, the what is his name, Josh Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. And every time there's this big name that pops up, it's like, oh, but what if, man? Can you imagine? What if? I get that. But I also understand that even really seemingly good situations in which there's a lot less risk, even those situations almost never pan out. This has like a 1% chance of being a just absolute game changer for the Packers. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that he's even medically allowed to play. Your fourth concussion took you out for a season. And maybe that's the reason they benched him for a season is because it was concussion four and it was like super high risk. But again, what happens when he gets five? I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I, 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 I understand Jordan wants to keep playing. I mean, I I don't know that. I'm just saying I could understand how he would want to keep going and, and he knows he's a good player and he's got more to give, but the guy's raked in. $32.7 $32.7 million over the course of his career. He's only 30. I mean, in football years, he's like an 80-year-old man. I get that. Or I guess you could say like in your 60s if we're talking working time, right? Pretty close to retirement. You can maybe retire now if you, you know, but maybe you got a couple more years left in you. But dude, four concussions. By the way, like we talked about yesterday, just when you get that payday and when you sign your contract is when you get the most money. So that's when you have to be the most responsible. When you get that contract, that's when you're getting all your money. That big old signing bonus, $9 million signing bonus. And then after that, your salary is lessened because a lot of that money was up front. Even if the taxes take half of it, fine. $10.4 million becomes what? $6 million? Take a million for yourself in cold, hard cash because taxes are gone. $1 million in your checking account. $5 million and invested so that by the time you get to this point where you have four concussions, you don't think, I better push through and risk a fifth concussion because I just can't live off what I have. I mean, you should have been doing this anyways. Even as a rookie in his first year, he made almost a million dollars. Anyways, I don't know why I'm so wrapped up in this lately. I, I, I think it's because, in part, I realize how much potential they have, and I also understand how many of these guys are just really dumb with their money. And it's very frustrating, but it's it's not just that I'm angry. It's like, it just, it's, it hurts my soul. Because they're young and dumb. And they do probably what I would have done. Because I made dumb decisions when I was 20 and now I'm 30 and I'm upset. Because rather than taking that 10 grand that I had saved up and, and doing something smart so that I could have a house or something, I was like, oh, you know what? Let's spend it. Now I'm trying to recoup that. Imagine when your potential is tens of millions of dollars and then you're 35 looking back going, boy, oh boy, if only I'd done something better with that. Oh, that is just, that is unforgivable. So bottom line, if he's in a position to, he needs to walk away. It's not a matter of should we get him or should any team touch him because the answer to both of those questions is no. He shouldn't be playing anymore. It's your body. You do what you want. But at some point, about $20 million in cash passed through your hands. You should be good to go. I hope he is, and I hope he can take care of himself. And again, if you didn't hear me, no. We should not hire pay Jordan Reed. Some other moves, however. Um, the Vikings and the Lions had gotten on board. One of the biggest moves so far this season already is the fact that apparently Everson Griff- Griffin has decided to walk away from his contract. 
The bad news for us is that that frees up $13 million in cap space for the Vikings, who are about $12 million in the hole, meaning they should roughly have around a million dollars now. Congratulations to the Vikings. The good news for us is that arguably the best pass rush duo, if you look at total pressures, has now been split because the Vikings have been so terrible with their cap. And listen, we've been saying this forever, and Vikings fans, oh, really? Thought you said we couldn't sign everybody. Guess who just signed everybody back? Look who was wrong. You're right. I should have been more specific. The smart thing to do for this team would be to not do those things. However, you can sign anybody you want and keep pushing money out for as long as you want. The problem is, every time you choose to kick the can down the road, it just keeps getting worse. And now they're in a situation where they lost half of one of the best pass rush duos in football only because they can't afford him. Not because he's not talented, because they can't pay him. Now, apparently it's possible that he does get re-signed to a different deal. Everson Griffin had three more years on his contract. In fact, he just signed this contract in 2017, but he quote-unquote walked away, which I, I have to assume, I mean, Somebody talk to him about something. You don't just walk away from money for the fun of it. The guy was going to be getting like $10, 11000000 million a year, but had zero, I don't think he had much, if any, guarantees. And so there had to be some incentive for him to do this, or maybe they just said, look, this isn't going to work. And he said, fine, I'll, I'll, I guess I'm gone. But here's the thing. If they do sign him back, which apparently they might, to a different contract, which is hard to imagine why they would do that. The only two reasons I could think, one is... Either you agree to walk away, or we're just going to cut you and, and try to resign you anyways. Which, I'll be honest, if it's me and I got three years worth of $10 million you know, salaries lined up, I'm probably not going to quit. You can fire me and rehire me. I'm not going to walk away based on your word because something changes and now I'm dumb and just walked away from millions of dollars. You just go ahead and fire me. Same end result, I understand that, but I, I just I need you to do it. Because I am not voluntarily walking away from this money. But the question, again, is why would he choose to walk away? And, and besides, the Vikings can't really afford to pay him. Again, they have $1 million. The only reason I could think that they would do this and want to resign him, or, or why would Everson Griffin, would be to get a different contract that includes more guarantees. Because he knows he's not going to be able to get all this money. So rather than just have all this flimsy money that can just vanish in the blink of an eye, you are willing to take a lesser contract with more guarantees. But even then, again, how... I mean, he's 32 years old, so it's not like you can give him a five-year contract and spread that money out so that it only costs you what was going to cost you like 10 or $11 million in cap only cost you four or five this year because he's 32. You're not going to sign him through 37. And if we're talking about a one-year deal, the Vikings then can't afford him. So that's, that's the problem the Vikings are in. You can only afford him if he's very cheap, and he's only going to accept a very cheap contract if there's, there's guarantees in the future, meaning you're going to have to give him a longer contract with guarantees in the future, essentially saying, look, we can't pay you now, but I promise we'll pay you tomorrow. And the only real promise is going to be an actual guarantee and maybe a big signing bonus so that you actually get that check right now, which again can be deferred. But again, the age is prohibitive here. And if it's a one-year contract and they're like, look, how about a one-year, $5 million totally guaranteed deal? No chance in the world. Somebody else will pay Everson Griffin $15 million on a one-year mercenary contract. There's a lot of teams that could use a guy. Everson Griffin isn't the best pass rusher in the world, but at 32 years old, he's better than a lot of number one pass rushers around the league. So I've been trying to think, like, I get it, this happens sometimes, you, you cut a guy, and then you sign him, bring him back with a new contract, 
right? You got to wipe out the old one, you void it, which was the first step, and then you bring him back. But what contract makes sense for both parties? You got a team that has literally zero dollars, and you bring him back with what? And and compare it against what he can get in the open market. I just I I don't know how that works. I mean, they'll probably do it. They're they're very very good at finding ways to keep their own guys by kicking money down the road, which is why they're in this mess to begin with. So I hope they continue that trend. But um, something to be very, very excited about, the fact that Everson Griffin, as of right now, is officially gone, which is going to be huge for the Green Bay Packers because the Vikings are seemingly now starting the process of this thing falling apart. Obviously, Daniil Hunter is the man in that defense, but the defense is eroding. And again, I, I don't think Kendricks repeats that last year, which was a freakish year. I think that was an absolute... I mean, I don't want to say fluke because he earned every step of that, but that's not who he is. So they're not going to have very good linebackers. Linval Joseph didn't have exactly the best year of his career last year. Everson Griffin might be gone. They no longer have any corners, and they've got a couple really good safeties. This is also the last year they're going to have Kirk Cousins. they got to figure out what they're going to do at, at quarterback. I don't mean necessarily this year, but they're in trouble. Stephon Diggs, also your number one wide receiver, seemingly wants out. Now, I don't think you move him at all. I think you tell Stefan Diggs to suck it up because you're not even saving much money. That's a $9 million dead cap hit if you move Stefan Diggs. So you lose Stefan Diggs and pay $9 million to not have him so that you can save, like, $5 million? No. But that one's going to hurt. And beyond that, talking about Linval Joseph, I mean, he's still a good football player. He's also 31. He's a 31-year-old man who seems to be in a, a steep decline in his, at this point in his career, making $13 million. And again, it's the same problem. What do you do now? If you want to help your cap and keep Linval Joseph, the obvious answer is to extend Linval Joseph. Then you can pay him less this year and more later, but he's 31. It's about time for him to go. And he's got two more years on his contract. I mean, they can cut him at any time. They could cut him this year if they want to. But, man, what is that defensive line if you cut Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph? They've got nothing. I mean, you know, Daniil Hunter is obviously not nothing. But that is that is a massive departure. So you got to keep him. you got to keep your 31-year-old guy who you're massively overpaying. He's not worth $13 million anymore. But you're in a situation where you have to wildly overpay your own guys simply because it's the only thing propping this thing up anymore. This is a house of cards if I've ever seen one. And again, I'm not saying that they can't still compete because they're going to try to keep this thing propped up. But the amount of guys that are massively overpaid is ridiculous. Everson Griffin Everson Griffin was honestly not even that overpaid. I think he was adequately paid. That was just a situation where we just we have to do this. I don't know what else to do. Everson Griffin is he's getting older. He's not a long-term solution. He's in the decline of his career. We can save the most amount of money by, by letting him walk. Again, maybe they'll bring him back. But e- either way, there's no positive here for the Vikings. It's not a celebration if you bring him back because guess what? You're back in the negative. A- according to Track right now, they don't even have a million dollars. They have $736,000. We've done this several times with the Bears because it's fun. But the Vikings are, are the absolute epitome of a team just in dire straits. By the way, they have free agents they have to figure out what to do with. Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes is a free agent right now. They already have serious issues along their cornerback, you know, with their cornerbacks. And Trey Waynes, who's not really that great, but was, according to PFF, their number one corner. He was the 13th best player on their defense. His overall grade was 67, which is average. But just to elaborate, Mackenzie Alexander was a 65. Holton Hill was a 63. Um, Mike Hughes was a 58. 
Chris Boyd was a 49. Uh, and then the bottom three guys were all corners. Xavier Rhodes, 47. Nate Meters, 45. And Mark Fields, who played one game, he was a 36. So they don't have really any good corners. But if they did, it would probably be Trey Waynes. He's a free agent. And according to Track, his, his uh, market value is about $8.5 million. What do you do about that? Do you let him walk too? I mean, he, again, he's not elite, but you've got a 27-year-old corner who is your number one cornerback, and you're going to let him walk because you mismanaged your salary cap. Again, I know there are some Vikings fans that listen to this show, and maybe you've been on board with what I've been saying and maybe not. I've been trying to say this for two to three years now. Bad decision. Bad decision. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. And I'm laughing. And then when they sign everybody anyways, Vikings fans all come together and say, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you thought you knew everything. You thought you were so smart. You don't understand the salary cap. Blah, 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 blah. You're right. I was wrong. I was off by a couple years. Because before, it was a situation where you should. Now it's a situation where you don't have options anymore. Before you had options. Before you had the opportunity to maybe make the right decision so that you're not in this situation. Now, there is no more kicking the can down the road. I mean, again, you can, but now you're also butted up with some of these guys, and they're aged. You can't extend 31- and 32-year-old guys to five-year contracts to kick that can down the road anymore. You are 100% out of options. And with the amount of guys you signed last year, what are you going to do, extend them? Restructure their contracts? You just paid them. By the way, that's not it for free agents, folks. Oh, no, not even by a long shot. Do you know who the highest graded player on their entire team was? man by the name of Anthony Harris, 28-year-old strong safety. They've got some amazing safeties there. He is currently a free agent. His market value is $14 million. Andrew Sandejo. I mean, that's, that's an easy cut for the Vikings. They have no, they, they, there's no way. But he's still a good football player. That's a guy that was a good football player that helped to make the Vikings as good as they are. He's 100% gone. Not because they wouldn't like to just bring him back. 32 years old, he's a pretty good player. You know, average salary was $1.3 million. We'll throw him a million and a half again. Why not? Because you can't. That's why not. So you've got $8 million wrapped up in Trey Waynes, who you probably can't afford to pay. So your number one corner is gone. The number one player on your entire team is a safety. How in the world are you going to come up with $14 million? Because right now, you have to come up with a way just to pay your upcoming you know, draft picks. And on, and on average, you like to have 8 to $10 million going into the season. So you got to come up with another, let's call it, let's just say $8 million bucks, just to have the amount of money you need just going into the season. Then you need an estimated $8.2, $8.3 million to sign your draft picks. So you need to come up with, let's call it, let's just say $15 million. I'll be super generous. You need to come up with $15 more million just to kind of break even. You need an additional $14 million to keep the best player on your team. You need another $8 million to keep your number one cornerback. But it gets even better. Their number two cornerback, arguably their number one, Mackenzie Alexander. Free agent. Salary cap's a myth, man. It's not real. These guys can do whatever they want with these numbers. Nope. Sorry to tell you, that was never the truth. You know what, Mackenzie Alexander? 26-year-old cornerback out of Clemson. Second-round pick. Not great. Not an elite player. 
But again, arguably the number one corner on this team. Either way, it's either Mackenzie Alexander or Trey Waynes, both of which want $8 million or are worth about $8 million, both of which are free agents, 26 and 27 years old. Or excuse, uh, 28 is Trey Waynes. So I'm sorry, are we bringing back Everson Griffin then? Is that what we're doing? We're going to give him how many millions of dollars now? Oh, we're not done though. How about kicker Dan Bailey? Seriously, this this is a nightmare scenario for a team that had tried very hard to find a kicker. They finally got one. Dan Bailey, that was a good pickup. What are you going to do when Dan Bailey, who's only 32, by the way, says, you know what? I think I would like 4 to $5 million because there's a lot of teams. You think the Chicago Bears wouldn't happily pay $4 million for Dan Bailey? There's a lot of teams who are desperately looking for kickers. Dan Bailey got cut by the Dallas Cowboys. He had a pretty good outing with the Minnesota Vikings. He, he stopped the bleeding to the point where we're not just sitting here laughing at him like we do the Bears. And he said, all right, I got my one-year deal. You paid me a million bucks. That was cute. Thank you. I would like more money. Are the Vikings going to pay top dollar for a kicker? No, they are not. But that's not all. They also have a 35-year-old punter by the name of Britton Colquitt. Long-time punter. Dude wants to get paid. Now, it's only maybe a million bucks for the punter. Are they going to pay it? I mean, you can get an undrafted free agent. Britton Colquitt's been around a long time, man. And there's there's so many other guys that, you know, given any other situation, you would say, well, I mean, what you could keep him, whatever. You know, D- Dakota Dozier, 29-year-old tackle. Is he any good? Probably not. Do we want to just get rid of all of our depth because we simply can't pay them? Nah, probably would rather not do that. But guess what? Are you going to pay Dakota Dozier? What about Brett Jones at center? What about Rashad Hill at guard? You got to just let all these guys walk because you can't afford them. There's also a 35-year-old Laquan Treadwell, who finally had the first good year of his career. Laquan Treadwell, I th- was he a first-round pick? Yeah, first-round pick by the Minnesota Vikings back in 2016. He's had three bad years. I think they cut him and actually brought him back. He had a good year this year. I mean, you know, relatively small sample size, but comparatively, I mean, if you just look at yards per reception. You know, 2018, it was 8.6. This year, 20.40. Blew his old record out of the water. I mean, his snap counts are relatively low, but the bottom line is he's 24. He's a 24-year-old first-round draft pick who finally just broke out in year four, which, by the way, you want to talk about the next Zadarius Smith? Laquan Treadwell fits that prototype. He really does. I know we've had a, a real good time laughing at him as a Minnesota Viking, so the thought of bringing him to the Green Bay Packers seems ridiculous. But again, 24 years old, he had three bad years and a breakout fourth year. And, and Vikings fans are rolling their eyes like, break out my eye. I'm just telling you. I know he didn't play very much. I know he hardly got any snaps and he hardly got any targets. But I'm just telling you, if we're going based on his PFF grade, his grades were 56, 53, 51. This year, 71. Not elite, but, I mean, come on. That's that's a bit of a jump. He's certainly not as bad as he was previously, and maybe there's sort of a turning point here i don't know bottom line is can the vikings afford to keep him by the way there's other another one the third highest defender on this entire team probably the third highest player on this team is another safety they've got let's see one two three four of their top seven players are safeties anthony harris is number one jaron curse is number two harrison smith was actually number three still very very good but number three sandejo was number four sandejo's gone Anthony Harris is gone, and Jaron Curse is also a free agent. Curse is a 26-year-old safety. He's only 26. He played in 13 games. He had an elite grade. Elite. 
NFL passer rating when targeted of 47.2. Zero touchdowns allowed, one interception, four pass breakup. I don't think they can pay him. What are they going to do about this? I mean, you know, you look at Everson Griffin, it's like, whoa, that was drastic. That was huge. How do you just cut Everson Griffin? This is why you cut Everson Griffin. And I don't know who manages their money, but what in the world were you thinking when, you know, for example, last year you signed Adam Thielen to a four-year, $64.2 million million contract, and you had no reason to? This was simply a matter of loyalty. Well, he, he just he deserves so much more because he's so good. That's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. Granted, this the structure of this is pretty flimsy, meaning they can cut him just about any time they want. But it's just it just doesn't make sense. And then Anthony Barr saying, the dude was gone. Anthony Barr was gone. He was out of your life. He's not a good linebacker. He's never been a good linebacker. And you, granted, I think he was getting cold feet or whatever, but you enticed him to come back with a five-year, $67 million contract. You're paying this subpar linebacker a a contract that's going to cost you 12.7 this year and 15 and a half next year. He's got to be gone next year. And he's only going to be 28 this year. So Anthony Barr is going to be gone. Adam Thielen, I don't know how long he's going to be around. I mean, they have got to do some drastic stuff. I mean, granted, Kirk Cousins is gone, and I don't think he's coming back, but that's not necessarily a, a good thing. All right, $31 million, I know it's a lot of money, but there's a lot of teams paying $30 million that aren't bankrupt. You're not bankrupt because of Kirk Cousins. You're bankrupt because you have so many guys you're paying $10 million to. Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, Riley Reeves, Xavier Rhodes, Linval Joseph, Adam Thielen, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks, Kyle Rudolph is getting $9.5 The guy's not very good. Most teams have maybe three or four guys getting ten plus million, including their quarterback. You have eleven if you include nine and a half million dollar Kyle Rudolph. By the way, Kyle Rudolph is not worth it. Anthony Barr is not worth it. Uh, Xavier Rhodes is a joke. So you got three guys that are getting paid way too much money. And Xavier Rhodes, by the way, just say goodbye to. That. I mean, that's that's an easy way to make what seven million, which is nice. Seven million almost gets you enough to where you can start thinking about how we're going to sign our draft pick. Because, again, remember, you need $8 million just to get back to zero, unless you actually want to go into the season with zero dollars, in which case, congratulations, you almost have enough now to pay your draft picks. But once you pay them, again, you're you're down to zero dollars, which is not where any team would want to be. It is mismanagement of a salary cap. And there's only so many moves that actually do anything. Riley Reef would save a lot, but they're not moving on from him. Linval Joseph would save a ton. Adam Thielen, again, you just paid him. You just extended him, so you're not going to do that again. Anthony Barr is, I mean, you just signed him, so there's no money there. It's all dead money if you cut him. Harrison Smith is the only safety that isn't a free agent. You would save $8 million if you got rid of him or traded him, but he's your only remaining good safety left. That completely defeats the purpose, because the only reason you would do that is so that you have enough money to sign one of these other free agents that you have. Kyle Rudolph would be a great option because he's nowhere near what he's worth, but if you cut him, you have a $6 million dead cap hit. You save $3 million. That's dumb. Josh Klein, you only save $2 million. It's a $4 million dead cap hit. That doesn't work. There's no money here, man. The only thing I can think that's going to save a big pile of money, and, and to some degree makes a little bit of sense, you extend Kirk Cousins. You can't cut him or trade him because it's 100% guaranteed. If you cut him, your $31 million cap hit costs you $31 million. It's 100% guaranteed. The only recourse I see for the Viking would be to extend Kirk Cousins. If you extend him and you find a way to pay maybe $10 million this year, you're saving about $20 million in cap space. 
I don't know if you can get it down that low. Might have to extend him for quite a while. But I don't really see why not. Kirk Cousins legitimately was one of the better quarterbacks this past year. He really was. As much as I've talked about him being mediocre or whatever else, listen, I think he's found a pretty good system. The guy's only 31 years old. He's a reliable quarterback. The odds that they're going to go out in in the draft and find a quarterback that's going to give you anything close to what Kirk Cousins currently is giving you. And look, maybe a lot of it has to do with leaning on the run game. It has to do with his great receivers. So what? You're winning right now because Kirk Cousins is, is a you know, top 10, easily top 10 quarterback in the NFL. At least he was last year. So it, if I'm guessing right now, the guy's about to get an extension. The, the, the horrible thing about this is, what if they weren't in a, in, a, in a pinch like this? Would they be thinking about extending Kirk Cousins, or would they just be looking to move on? Are you, are you extending him just because you financially have no other options? And here's the other thing. Kirk Cousins is going to have him over a barrel. Kirk Cousins balled out last year, took that team to the playoffs, beat the Saints, and now the Vikings are maybe going to want to come to the table and say, look, we want to negotiate a new contract. Well, suddenly... Granted, he's not going to get that $38 million mega contract, but there's no reason he wouldn't get a 33. That's what Track says he's going to get is 33. So you now, got, now have to re- renegotiate a $33 million per year contract to Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you're going to be dumb enough to do the whole fully guaranteed thing, but you also have to make it enticing enough for Kirk Cousins because he's got the option to just say, nah, I think I'll ride this out. You try to lowball Kirk Cousins, he's going to say, you know what, I know what my record is. I know what I can do, and I know how many quarterbacks want me real bad. Kyle Shanahan, if I wait this bad boy out, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be out and I'm going to be in. Go ahead and doubt me on that, and I'll go over there and I'll win a Super Bowl. I'm going to make all kinds of money. I don't need to be in this garbage place that doesn't know how to manage money, that's running this thing into the ground because we can't manage our money. I'm out of here. So they got to make it entire. I, I, I just don't see any other way. I know they get super creative. I know they're smarter than I am, at least as far as twisting this thing not smart enough to realize that being creative sometimes doesn't mean you're being smart but they are very creative but again that is the only feasible recourse that i can see is to extend to kirk cousins but um they better hurry up anyways that was a good ramble session why don't we take a break turns out this is going to be enough time and uh we got a little bit more to talk about we'll be right back We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Every single night, local police departments across America are getting hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The problem is, most of the time, there's nothing actually going on. They don't know if this is real, should we come out guns out, or am I about to stroll up and there's just some kid trying to sneak in at night and didn't remember the code, because he's a little under the influence, whatever. All they know is there's a loud beeping sound somewhere and they gotta go check it out. And they're probably annoyed and they're like, alright, I'll get over there when I get over there. However... If people are using the smart solution, Simply Safe, they don't have to worry about that because what they have is real video evidence that can actually give police an eyewitness account of what's going on, which is nice because they don't have to waste the police's time if it's a false alarm, but if it's a real alarm, they can respond quickly and appropriately. In fact, police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Simply Safe is also going to give you comprehensive protection for your entire home with outdoor cameras and doorbells that alert you to anyone even approaching your home while entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. Beyond that, Simply Safe is also going to protect your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It is monitoring everything around your house. This is a high level of security. The benefit, though, it's not a high level installa- installation, and it also isn't going to cost you like high level security. You can set this thing up by yourself with zero tools needed. If you're not into that, though, Simply Safe will come out and do it for you. As far as cost, this is only 50 cents a day. For that level of security and for that level of peace of mind for your home. So if you're interested in at least checking it out, go to simplysafe.com slash overtime. You're going to get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All right. So we probably only have time to get to one other thing. So let's quickly talk about uh, the CBA. Again, the, the details are very slowly kind of trickling, and they're also kind of fuzzy, and it's also not officially been voted on. So, you know, the bottom line is a lot of, and you've probably seen a lot of players kind of pop up. I saw David Bakhtiari kind of speak up about Ian, because Ian had made a comment on Twitter about, oh, this is going to solve uh, one of the problems, and David Bakhtiari's like, are you serious? No. J.J. Watt said no. Here's the, the interesting dynamic that I don't know about. These are all the megastars that are popping up and saying no. Now, maybe the lower-level guys are also, and just they're not being retweeted by people because they're not J.J. Watt. However, a lot of this goes to the fact that there's going to be an additional game check, obviously. But we're talking about a game check that is about $250,000, which usually these guys get game checks in addition to their contract. The problem is the average per game of their contract ends up being pretty massive. For some of these guys, I mean, you're talking... On average, they're making about a million dollars per game. You know, if, if you've got a $16 million contract, that's what it about comes out to. So now they're saying, now you got to play 17 games. You still have the same contract. So you're kind of playing for free, but then the NFL comes out and they're like, oh, but wait, we can give you another $250,000. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? However, that's only the high-paid guy. When you're a, a rookie making, you know, $600,000, and we're talking about we'll give you another game at another 250 grand. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other concessions. One of the things they're talking about is that, um, with certain exceptions, there's not going to be this unilateral judge, jury, and executioner thing that the commissioner is going to have to be able to just say you did something wrong, and I'm going to punish you however I want. There's going to be an independent arbiter, somebody that 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 is going to be handling all these things. I think a lot of players are going to like that. I don't know the extent of it, but there's something in this CBA 
that is saying, I don't know if it's completely we don't care or if it's just kind of we're not, I don't know. But they're not going to punish for THC or, or lesser punishment. I don't exactly know how this works, but I know that's a big issue as well. There's been a lot of suspensions for guys that have got drug tested and have had THC show. Now, I don't know if that means if you get busted with it in your car and you get arrested, you're not going to get, I don't know. Again, that that's stuff that needs to get worked out. But it's a step in the direction that I, I think pretty much is unanimous that the NFL wants to go in and the players want to go in. So there's a lot of stuff for a lot of people to be on board with. And although there's going to be some big heavy hitters that are making you know, tens of millions of dollars a year that have got their nose up saying this isn't good enough for me, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an overwhelming majority. Because remember, most of these guys are making like a million bucks or less. If you look at a 53-man roster, you know, just looking at the Vite, I talked about you got nine or ten guys making like ten million bucks. It drops off quick. After Rudolph, it drops to six. After that, they got one guy getting... And then after that, it drops down to 2.9. It drops off fast. You've only got four guys making two million bucks. You got two guys making one million bucks. Then you got, jeez, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, on and on and on and on and on and on and on, making less than a million dollars. The vast majority of this team, just just talking about the Vikings, the vast majority are making under a million bucks. And you, we're talking about, you know, Dylan Mitchell is at the bottom of this, $510,000. You're talking about waving, and granted, he's not going to get a $250,000 game check, but you're talking about an additional check to these guys. Yes, please. We're talking about less punishment. We're talking about more work. We're talking about more money. I'm, I'm guessing, again, the superstars, the, the Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs of the world, the Daniil Hunters are looking at this going, nope, not enough. Because they're risking these $10, 15000000 million contracts. They don't want to risk a, my next $15 million contract. Stephon Diggs doesn't want to risk his next $20 million contract that he might get as a wide receiver because of another game in which he might get injured. No thank you, he says. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's gone to the players. I just, and I know there's a lot of negative, I haven't really seen, I've seen a lot of negative arguments, I haven't seen a lot of good negative arguments. Again, a 17th game means more football, I'm all for it. A lot of people are crying because now, you know, what is it, like 40-some percent of the league is, is now getting into the playoffs, so everybody gets in. Dude, it's two more teams. Two teams. What are you talking about? So, so, so two teams makes the difference between, like, this super elite, only the best of the best get in. And suddenly, like, everybody gets in. Now, dude, two teams lighten up. 43.75% get in now. That's almost half the league. That's true. That's, oh, everybody gets in. Which, by the way, that doesn't mean everybody wins a Super Bowl. It means more teams get into the playoff. And guess what? The good teams still go on to win. And if it's a fluke and your team loses, like what happened to the Saints, guess what? That's part of the appeal of the playoffs. But let's not act like adding two teams is really going to ruin this. Which, by the way, none of this bothers me at all. If you told me we're going to change the structure and basically the regular season is just for seeding and then after that it's going to turn into like March Madness where every team gets in and we're going to start the playoffs, but we're just going to use the regular season record as seeding, be like, yeah, dude, game on, let's go. Let's make the NFL go year round. We'll do like 12 to 15 regular season games and then we'll get this playoff thing where everybody's in and it's just this giant bracket. Dude, I'd be jacked up about that. Because listen, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you might get one fluke win, but you're not going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. It's still going to be the best team's win. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying, stop. Stop crying, please. I mean, I, I guess you, if, you, if you don't like it, if, if again, if that two teams is the difference between the greatest 
you know, playoff system in the world, and now it's ruined because of two more teams. Um, you know, I, I think maybe there are probably bigger problems in your life to worry about. But, you know, if that's the hill you want to die on. I, to be completely honest, I think this is a situation where, and this happens all the time, whenever there's something in which it appears that the players are being raked over the coals, some people want to come to the defense of the players, and so they're just all against this. This is horrible. This is abuse. This is oppression. This is terrible. We must stop this. How dare you give them a 17th game? How dare you ruin the integrity of the system, which has only been in place since like 2002? I mean, we've literally just added teams to the to the league, and it, pro- it didn't really break anything. It just meant more football, more teams, more awesome. So the NFL is like, you know what? We want even more awesome now, and I'm just sitting here as a fan going, sweet, more awesome. Give me more awesome. I'm all for more awesome. Give my team more money so they can sign more guy, more guys. Yeah, let's do that. More football. Sweet. Better chances to get into the playoffs. Great. What? Anything else? It'd be like some dude just walking up and be like, hey, here's 10 bucks. Like, great. Here's a taco. Like, seriously? Yeah. And here is, you know, I got $5.30 left on my gift card to, uh, to McDonald's. Like, all right. Get me some chicken nuggets with that. Thank you very much, sir. And people are crying about it. It's going to be fine. Relax. You're getting more football and your team's getting more money. Relax. Integrity of the game. These poor players. Give me a break. If you don't want to play, then sit out. Quit crying. But anyways, very quickly, I kind of wanted to go through the Lions thing, but we just don't have time. The uh, Lions did decide to cut Snacks Harrison. Um, Snacks Harrison is a good football player. He did have a pretty big down year this past year. There's no question about it. But he has been created essentially as elite for since 2013 again 2019 was a big down year maybe he just completely fell off a cliff in which case this is just a i mean either way i mean it it, maybe it's just not working for us he needs to go somewhere else where they actually know what they're doing because it was a massive drop off i mean in 2018 he was graded at 92 that was his overall grade this year 63 so scheme fit whatever the problem is it just didn't work the lions are freeing up a bunch more money they don't really need it but it's going to help them the best part about this is You've got a team like the Vikings that knows how to win but don't know how to manage a salary cap, and so now they don't have any players, so now they're going to have a hard time winning. The Bears don't know how to win, nor do they know how to manage a salary cap, nor do they know how to build a team, so they're in a lot of trouble. The Lions have lots of money and a lot of potential to bring in some serious players. The problem is their ability to evaluate talent and bring in the right players and also their ability to actually do anything with the talent that they have has never been a thing ever. And so right now they have an estimated 51% point two million dollars they can do a lot of stuff and on some level that scares me and i and, you know to be honest I, I said maybe they're going to be better last year and something else to keep in mind matt stafford was actually a very good quarterback last year and he was hurt half the year so it's entirely possible that they they you know rework this situation and they get some talent in here and they make some stuff happen but they have to prove that regardless of who you bring in you got to be able to win with the talent you have and this isn't a new issue I mean, they've, they've had Matt Stafford with Megatron and all these different things, and they just can't win. You bring in Trey Flowers, one of the biggest free agents out there, he doesn't do anything. Now there's talk about you maybe getting rid of Darius Slay, which I still think is dumb. You got $51 million. He's under contract. I mean, that's $51 million if you keep Darius Slay. Get rid of Darius Slay, and now you got $61 million, which again is great, but the point is you got you, you have to know how to win. You have to know what to do with these pieces. You got Snacks Harrison, which was a great pickup. He's going to come in, help your defensive line, and he played like garbage because you didn't know what to do with him. 
Trey Flowers, he was great with the New England Patriots. He he played for your head coach. He should know exactly how to play in 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 Detroit. He wasn't a freakish player by any stretch of the imagination, and now he's going to cost you sixteen million dollars this year. This is another situation. I mean, and and this is a team that has a good amount of picks. They're relatively high draft picks. They have a ton of money, and their team is still falling apart. They got a quarterback situation that they got to figure out what to do with. He's not getting any younger. Your wide receivers are starting to fall apart because now it's just Galladay and nobody else. Marvin Jones, they've been talking about getting rid of him for a long time. He's on the decline. Are you going to get some more wide receivers in there? You went out and got a tight end. Jury's still out on that. You got a running back. Verdict is out on that. Your offensive line is slowly starting to erode. You have high picks and a lot of money, and your team is eroding. You're going to lose Darius Slay. You already lost Quandre Diggs. You brought in Jelani Tavai, who's not good. How is this possible? So, I mean, again, they have more than enough money to be able to fill a bunch of holes in free agency, to make some big splash plays. I think maybe the the smarter thing to do is rather than go out and sign a Trey Flowers, do a $20 million freakish deal, go out and do a bunch of like 10s. Get a corner, get a competent linebacker, get a safety, get a guard, maybe go out and get a wide receiver, get a, you know, Akuda in the draft and a bunch of other talented guys because you've got a bunch of high picks, high second round pick, which is equivalent to almost our first round pick. You can do a lot of stuff in this draft and free agency, but the Lions have to prove that they know what to do with it. And this is going to be their last swing at this. And I, I again, I, I thought there was potential last year. I think there's potential this year, but they made me look dumb by saying that they were had the potential to be a dangerous team. And again, if Matt Stafford plays, who knows how many games they win. But, I mean, they have more than enough potential, but they have to be able to prove that they know how to win. So the the point is the $50, $60 million that they have by getting rid of Snacks Harrison is great, but they got a lot of that money by cutting a guy that you signed thinking he was going to be great and wasn't. A guy that has been great since 2013, but wasn't only when he came to your team. If your place is just a giant black hole where people go to fail, if you're basically the Cleveland Browns of the NFC North, it doesn't matter how much money you have. So that's that's the big wait and see. Obviously, they're they're the most dangerous team as far as their ability to improve this year. Last year it was the Packers and Lions, but you know, again, the, the Packers spent money and got a lot better. The Lions spent money and arguably went backwards again, largely because of Matt Stafford getting hurt. But still, I don't know, man. A- as it stands, and we got to see how this thing gets worked out. We got to see what the Vikings are able to do. The, the the Bears are in a tough spot. Still don't have a first round pick. Still don't have any money. The Lions have a ton of money, but, you know, they're looking at cutting guys, and we'll, we'll see what they look like when this thing is all said and done. What looked like a tough competition last year that ended up being just Packers and, and Vikings, more or less, is really starting to look like the Packers alone again. Until these teams can smarten up and figure out how to run. for, And, that, and that's the thing. It's not just that these teams don't have good football players. It's that they're managed so horribly. But anyways, the, the, the other thing, the last thing I'll say, the expectation is, once this CBA becomes final, which could be as early as today, we got to see what the players decide to do. Again, they might just say, no, we don't want it. But there is a very urgent push to get this done. I, I guess there's some talk that the current head of the union is about to be replaced after this year. And if they don't get a deal done, the new guy could come in and just throw this whole thing out. And we got to start from scratch, which means there could be a, a stoppage of play, a, a very real possibility of that. So they're very concerned. And so they want to get a deal done while the current union head is still in place. And so they're offering all kinds of stuff. I think a lot of the players are going to like this. But the the point is, once this officially gets done, if it does, that's when teams are going to realize what exactly they're working with. And that's when they're going to make most of their moves. You know, they, they cannot sign other teams free agents right now 
but they can start signing their own guys. They can start making decisions with cutting guys, restructuring contact tracks, because they got to know how much money that they're going to have and what other things are going on to be able to make final decisions. So they've got a bunch of preliminary decisions depending on what the, the, the final CBA is going to look like. But once this thing becomes official, expect there to be an absolute flurry of things going on. So anyways, that's going to be it for today. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.